Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Jeremy's doing a mime act. Well, I, you're just sitting there and looking at me. I'm like, well, normally you start the podcast by now. We have had some discussions about the potential of uh, doing some of this on camera. We haven't got the cameras here yet. Are you hallucinating? Do you Where, think this is real life? This is not real life. Listen, when we're uh, front and center on Westwood One, then we'll have all the cameras in the world. But these are just conversations that we're having on the periphery now. I know you stoners have trouble separating real life from what's in your fantasy world. And maybe at some point it might be a comical entrance to a new episode for you to do some mime. I'm not against it, but when the listener can't see the mime it doesn't work yeah but i was doing that for your benefit being like hey let's actually start the show instead of just looking at this beautiful sweaty face like you've got somewhere to be no i have nowhere to be that's true i was ready to start the show yesterday jeremy wasn't ready to start the show yesterday uh because he was sick now i will say this I was talking to a New York producer about it because uh, Jeremy sent me a message uh, Monday morning. We normally do new episodes. By the way, this is Did You America? Did I say that? Oh, welcome. Oh, God. When they give us a consultant from Westwood One, they're going to be going, no, you have to say your names and the title of the podcast. You're not going to get proper ratings if you don't do it properly. He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. This is called Did You America? I mean, we did it in the last, I don't know, 80-something episodes. I, it hasn't gotten us anywhere. I, I would say to them at Westwood One, I'd be like, look... Jeremy's mind was excellent. If only you could have seen it, that would have been just a, a ratings winning introduction. Yeah, so uh, Jeremy texted me yesterday because we normally do new episodes uh, Mondays and Thursdays and says, I I'm sick, I can't make it, I need to rest, I'll, uh, I'll can let's see if we can do it tomorrow. So I said, okay, fine. And uh, so I messaged New York producer to let him know that we were going to be doing it a day later. And I said, uh, you know, it's pretty impressive. I've known Jeremy for uh, about 18 months now. And uh, this is the first time he's been sick. And then I thought to myself, it's also the first time since I've known Jeremy he's been doing regular exercise. Are these two <laughs> things connected? Well, you would think that like my body would be more healthier and doing better, but no. When you're as unhealthy as you are, it's a process to get, you've got to get out the bad to benefit from the good. Apparently, because, you know, I, before I, you know, I always used to brag my immune system's so good, I never get sick. And since I started working out, I've now been sick twice. It's well, happened two different times. But I do think that, it, 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 is it the bad stuff leaving your body? I don't think it's necessarily you contracting bad stuff. I think that there's so much shit in there that's being it's been logged in your system for so long that now you're shocking the system by doing regular exercise with a trainer. You're literally purging toxins from your body. Trust and, me. And that purge sometimes is going to be a bit uncomfortable. And it's not always that it, it hurts slightly to sit down on the toilet because you've been doing a lot of squats. Uh, trust me, I've only been working out now for, what, three weeks? There's 28 years of bad in my body just <laughs> built up. What I'm a little confused about is, we've talked about on this podcast, I've been vaccinated. I thought I was supposed to be clear of all diseases forever, and clearly that wasn't the case. 
I feel a bit bamboozled. I like that I, I, you know, one of my, I had a lot of lists of reasons why I wanted to do a podcast with you. And one of them I thought like, oh, he'd be a good liberal component to what some people might construe as my slightly conservative views. And then here we are sounding like an anti-vaxxer. Look, I'm just saying, and from nowhere, in, no one in particular, I was told, hey, get the vaccine. You'll never get another disease again. No, no one ever said again. This is something that you. That, this you are is not on the websites I'm on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on those websites and stoned while looking at them. That's the combination. It's hard, it's hard to read when high. It's a. Uh, you know, did, did you notice that they called it a COVID vaccine? What's, what's COVID? Right, so that suggests that it 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 makes you immune as much as you possibly can be from. COVID. I've never heard of this COVID you speak of, <laughs> sir. I gotta say, uh, on the subject of the vaccine, I did see a funny thing yesterday. Um, <laughs> Roseanne posted <laughs> posted a thing on Instagram. <laughs> that it was so. <laughs> she posts a picture of Willie Nelson, right, <laughs> with the caption, "The vaccine's working," says Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. I never realized how much they look alike. That's incredible. The greatest thing the greatest thing about that is that that is a visual joke that you don't actually need to see no. the vision of for it to be funny, right? No, no. I got that joke immediately. So, Those you know, two look identical. Yeah. Roseanne. I mean, I, maybe this is a controversial thing to say, but still funny. You say what you want about the woman. A little bit racist. Definitely still Hey, funny. she thought the bitch was white, remember? Did you ever hear the death metal version of that no. you know when you know when her her ridiculous defense of the thing that got her cancelled was she went on this rant going i thought the bitch was white someone took that as a sample and put it to i don't know cannibal corpse and it was just a, it was a, like a death metal piece of music with that crazy roseanne refrain on a loop that was it that was all it was yeah yeah but but it couldn't be a hit because she'd been cancelled no of course although i i mean i don't know if she can be uncancelled uh over time maybe maybe not but if she keeps on posting things like that i mean you can't you can't say that's not fair she might be racist but she's definitely funny the the humor's still there (laughs) uh here's something that wasn't funny the oscars now i i didn't watch the oscars that doesn't stop me from having a strong opinion about them. Of course not. I feel like um, I don't need to have watched the Oscars to know what went on, and also I could have predicted what would have happened at the Oscars before they actually took place. Um, the, the two things that I do know, because I read uh, reports on it today, uh, first of all, this year's Oscars were the lowest rated ever. And secondly, the headline news about the Oscars, aside from the usual woke stuff that you would have expected, before they got the ratings, the main headline news was, oh, the death list was very long this year. We lost so many famous people in the past 12 months. And I was thinking, well, that might be true, but that also makes up for an incredibly boring Oscars if your headline news, before you talk about the lowest ratings ever, is a lot of people died. Not only that, they still, as always, got multiple people missing from the death list. I really? Saw, yeah, the girl from Glee that, that died earlier this year, I think her name was like Naya Rivera, uh, Jessica Walters from Arrested Development, she was left out. It's crazy. They, uh, they're gonna, that was pretty much... I, I actually did watch the Oscars, and uh, normally I'm a supporter of award shows. I can find entertainment, and man, this year was just so boring. The, they seem to have forgot 
that in the end, the main purpose of the Oscars is not to award people for acting. It's to promote the movies that no right. one saw, right. that people think that we should go see. Right. These terrible movies that are artsy-fartsy that we're told we're supposed to go see. Right. So normally, you know, there's a lot of trailers and clips from the movies. This year, they got rid of that for like half the awards. And instead of just showing you a clip of the movie, they told you why the people they are presenting the awards to are wonderful. So like when they're talking about uh, perfectionism in editing, as opposed to showing a clip from the latest Marvel movie, they told you what the editor was doing at 19 years old. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, I read somewhere pre-Oscars that the guy that was running them this year... By the way, it was a man, sexist. Ben's uh, name was Oscar too, <laughs> namist. Um, uh, he was promoting that he had some kind of vision that the ceremony was going to work as if it was a movie, i.e. being entertaining and holding people's attention. I didn't really understand that as a premise beforehand, but as you watch the Oscars... Did you notice anything along those lines? Because it seems to me whatever he tried to do just made it less appealing because less people than ever watched. Maybe if it was like one of those silent movies from the 1920s, that's probably what he was aiming for. I, look, here's the thing. Charlie Chaplin would have been way more entertaining. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, here's the thing. Award shows seem to, they're going the way of, you know, the talk show, uh, to some degree, live sports. You know, people get very bored nowadays with long-form entertainment. It's not that award shows have changed to become boring. What we are interested in has changed dramatically over the years. So I think it's just kind of gotten to the point where unless it's a Marvel movie for two and a half hours of like lights flashing and explosions mm. and excitement, people just generally aren't interested in watching anything for that long. I have an idea. Would it would it spice up the Oscars if they made Kiss the house band? Because oh, then, because every time you go to Kiss, something will be going bang, right? You, you They'd know be who'd be interested in that. Gene Simmons. Of course, if there was enough money, just put a little bit of pyro. Money. If there was like $10 in, he's like, yeah, we'll do that. That's fine. <laughs> Have we got to the point, this is what I think, where, because it seems to me that every time there's an award show, the biggest headlines are about the fact that the ratings were terrible. And so it seems to me that we've got to a point now where if Ricky Gervais isn't the host, the award show isn't worth happening, right? Yeah, and he's only had, like, trust me, there's been plenty of times where Ricky Gervais wasn't the best host. Sure, he's probably the best option we've had in the last 10 years, but even he doesn't necessarily make it incredible. No, but he does. I, I just think... Um, as you said, they're long form and boring and the opposite to almost how people's minds have been pre-programmed to consume entertainment now where we, we live in an on-demand culture. But also people get bored of all of the preaching and the worthiness. So at least between all of that, when Gervais gets up there, he goes... <laughs> you were all friends with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> you might be about to come on stage and say something worthy about police brutality or racism, but just remember how many of you made movies with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, that, that's about 95% of the room. Okay, now here's another woke speech. Like, that's his, so pres yeah, that's his, that's his presentation he's style, right? He's definitely good at making fun of the situation, the self-deprecating. <laughs> 
inciting humor and stuff like that of not just himself but the entire industry. I know it's um I, I, the, he put uh, I think he tweeted that uh, he he wasn't invited to be the host of the Oscars and then said was it something I said <laughs> in, in reference to everything in his right. gold, golden globe. He said <laughs> the, also the, uh, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, it, it's on Netflix because there's a bunch of Ricky Gervais stand-ups on on Netflix. Um, I think it was the one before the most recent one. Um, But there is one stand-up that he did where he, for about the first 10 minutes, he starts the stand-up routine with all of the jokes that he couldn't use when he was most recently hosting the Golden Globes, right? So you think... Or some people think that he goes a bit far and upsets Hollywood, which personally I'm all for. But there was some stuff that even the organizers were like, okay, we brought you in to be... I mean, basically, they basically, they probably hate... The organizers would hate what he says because if it's Golden Globes or it's Oscars, they're as Hollywood as can be. But they're also in this yin and yang situation where they're desperate to get ratings and some sort of good review. So he's the only way that you can get some people to watch and some kind of like, oh, he said that, right? rather than just a, a review really uh, kind of slagging them off. But even they, the organizers, had said to one of these uh, events, okay, here's 10 jokes from that script you've just sent us you absolutely can't do. So Ricky Gervais being Ricky Gervais went, here's 10 minutes on the jokes that I couldn't do. <laughs> and my, you'll probably like this more than the jokes I did do. My favorite of which, which, uh, hey, Westwood One, this connects, this is like us moving on from topic to topic like professionals. My favorite joke that Ricky Gervais wasn't able to do as a, uh, a wall show host, but he uh, delivered at the start of one of his uh, stand-up comedy routines <laughs> was. <laughs> I'm laughing, and I know the punchline, and I've not even delivered right. it yet. It was, Caitlyn Jenner, what a great campaigner for trans rights. Not such a good example for women drivers. <laughs> Oh my god. That's one that he couldn't do? Apparently. It seems perfectly acceptable to me. Which, moving on to our next topic on today's edition of Did You America, uh, Caitlin running for governor of California. Um, for a start, Caitlin, if I was to be uh, your uh, consultant on this, as per the Ricky Gervais joke, I've been onto your website, which doesn't have a lot on it yet, to be honest. But it does have a picture of you driving a car. Not a good look. <laughs> hey, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. It was one of the first things that I saw. Running over ladies is her grabbing by the pussy, I guess. <laughs> you just get past it like, somehow. So I was... Um, yeah, okay, here's, my, here's what I think about uh, Caitlin running for governor of California. I, I am... I'm kind of... Well, it depends on... She needs to actually start getting out there and uh, getting in the mix and slinging some mud and tweeting or whatever her uh, chosen form of communication is going to be. Because I think, based on the type of person that she seems to be from her public profile. She's going to be the type of person that doesn't care to play by the old school political rules. So she could make it kind of fun in terms of just saying what she thinks and saying things to career politicians that 
probably is criticism that they deserve that they won't know how to respond to because they're not used to someone speaking to them like that. I guess this is a roundabout way of me going, look, you might have hated Trump, but it's got so boring. I mean, it was <laughs> for four years, it was like a constant newsgasm. And now it's like there's no news sex at all. But once Caitlin's in the mix, if she's properly in the mix, we could be back to a somewhat newsgasm. What say you? You were giving me just the weirdest form of deja vu when you were going through that description. I was like, we've seen and dealt with all this before, but I, I just can't put my finger on when we did it. Right, right. But that's my next point, right? Even if you're thinking, oh my God, the British gays coming out as a Trumper again, forget that. What I'm saying is, yes, she could make it more exciting, but here's the thing. Do you not think that there's potential for Caitlyn to be a unifier? Because you've got this transgender person who is going to run as a Republican, promoted conservative policies, right? So on the... She's kind of stealing your thing. Oh, she's what? She's one ups me. She's like, I take he's gay and I go transgender. I'm just saying maybe, you know, back when she was Bruce. Also, a transgender Trumper has got a nice alliteration to For it. For sure. Th but I'm thinking maybe one day she was at a golf course in Arizona. But this was when <laughs> she was Bruce. You know, she heard you on air. One thing led to another. Next thing, bam, we got Caitlyn, and Caitlyn's <laughs> running for governor. Right, So, th but this is what I think. So uh, th she could be a unifier because um, the hardcore conservatives that have got a problem with transgender will be like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm confused now because there's this person with conservative policies that's saying things I think about small government and economies and borders and stuff like that. But she used to be a... He. So, <laughs> so not, not just that, uh, Olympian he. Like the ultimate he. Already a winner! <laughs> like your most old school conservative is going to be like, going, oh my God, this is fucking with my mind now. I don't know what to do with They're this. Like, uh, weed's legal now. I don't know what we're thinking. Right, right. So, so she's challenging on that side, right? And then on the other side, right, with all the bleeding heart liberals who would just be, put a trans person in front of me and I have to support because they're trans because otherwise I'm transphobic is going, oh my God, but she supported Trump for a while and she's talking about things that could be considered Trumpian <laughs> policies, but she's transgender. And so how, what are we going to do about, right? So the, the, the extreme liberals and the extreme conservatives don't know what to do because of everything that she is and the policies that she promotes in their world. I'm talking about the people that can only be on one side or the other. This is like the thing that can kind of get them in the middle or just confuse the fuck out of them. See, anytime you get Caitlyn Jenner in the headline, it's the A story no matter what. What I'm more interested with this story is who are going to be the other B and C list celebrities to run against her? Because if you remember, the last time this happened in California, oh. they ended with Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. as governor. But if you remember in that recall election, the people that were running against him was... I mean, no wonder Arnold got elected. I think Gary Coleman was running <laughs> against him. Oh, R.I.P. Another oh, R.I.P. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's dead, too. And then the porn star Mary Carey. Those were their options. <laughs> So we that's need, what we need, needs to do is, okay, we need Gary Busey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> Perfect. Throw Steven Seagal in there. Oh. And Caitlin's getting the dub. <laughs> uh, Schwarzenegger was on, um, I don't know, one of the left-wing talk shows. Um, 
last night uh, talking about Caitlyn Jenner. And um, he basically said that uh, she's in with a shot because Hollywood. I think he basically said, look, I won, so why couldn't she, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Just get her a Gary Coleman. Well, they're all. <laughs> There also is that, um, you know, the idea that things come in three. So unlikely celebrities going into politics, Schwarzenegger, Trump, Jenner, right? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, uh, so, you know, and I, so the more I think about this, right? And again, this isn't just me coming down more on the conservative side of things. I, I, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think I did a good pitch there for how she kind of gets in the middle and confuses the extremes. Um, I think it could be uh, it could be pretty entertaining, but I've got a few tips. I should be hi- if I'm not hired as her consultant by the end of this uh, podcast, then something's very wrong with the world. So I was working on a news station on Friday, which I think was the day when she filed the papers. There was something definitive on Friday where it was a case of, oh, it's not a joke. She's really running. Right. And the uh, so I'm working for the news station, and the <laughs> the headline of Caitlyn Jenner's officially running for governor of California is, <laughs> and I kind of like this. If you go to her website, she doesn't have one policy listed, but you can buy merch. <laughs> so that's the way to the people's heart. Well, exactly. Now, first of all, I was thinking, see, Caitlyn, I think you're doing it right because you are really trading off of the celebrity of this scenario. So we'll get to the policies, but in the meantime, we need to get those yards signs and uh and and koozies out there that's what we need so i went oh and now now you know me i like a bit of merch i mean how many fridge magnets are on my fridge you can't even see my fridge it looks like a piece of art just for (laughs) fridge magnets right it's basically a texas flag without being a texas flag right well they might have to make we might have to make some space for a little bit of california flag only because caitlin's now in the mix because (laughs) i think i I, i'm into this now but here's my so i'm working for the news station i'm like oh she's playing it right i bet that merchandise is off the scale i with one hand i'm typing in caitlinjenner.com and with the other hand i'm literally reaching for my credit card but then I go to the merchandise on the website. Now, my news station were reporting um, correct information. There are no policies on her website. This is Friday. We're now recording this show on Tuesday. I checked an hour ago. Still no policies. Oh, of course not. But she says something like, I'm in. Uh, by the way, I, I saw I, someone, I forget who this was, but I read this on social media. Someone said her, her campaign slogan should be, Caitlin, make the switch. Oh, my God. Get that, right? <laughs> Caitlin. Cut it out. <laughs> either or. <laughs> See, now, Caitlin, if you're listening, if either of those things were on fridge magnets, you'd have had an order from me already. <laughs> but I went to the website, and while I'm saying, look, it's Hollywood, the policies can wait, we're all about the merch. Of course. Your merch is not creative enough. Yes, there are yard signs, and I could spend $25 on a Caitlin for California mug, but you can do better. We've just given you... Well, I stole one that I saw on social media. Jeremy, off the top of his head, just came up with a perfect, perfect, perfect campaign slogan that you could have on bumper stickers and such like. And these things need to get made. I don't know, man. Call me crazy. My main complaint about politics just isn't... It's not entertaining enough. I'm cool with my politics not being entertaining. I want the newsgasm back. <laughs> um, that could... Caitlin, the newsgasm is back. <laughs> okay, that, that I can get behind. <laughs> I just think it's, uh, you know, it's great. And, and I'm wondering, I, 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 look, I wonder if the hardcore conservatives 
will come around to being, okay, well, you know, if uh, she's happier as a woman, then so be it. Because, you know, if you believe, if you've got our beliefs on this makes the world a better place in terms of these policies, then all good. And I'm wondering if um, the, uh, the liberals will uh, stick with their, oh, she's so brave and beautiful mantra when the photos first came out, or whether they're going to start trashing her now because, uh, I mean, well, I mean, because suddenly she's saying things that they don't agree with. The moment she says build that wall, they're going to be like, you know she used to be a dude, right? <laughs> I will say, look, pulling back the curtain, Jeremy and I had a little conversation before the show because we do, you know, we don't just throw this together. And I said, I think we should do Caitlyn Jenner. And uh, Jeremy was a little bit hesitant, and I, th- I think we've done we've done a good bit on Caitlyn Jenner. I have yet to be cancelled. That's a win. I know. See, that's uh, that's excellent. So listen, Caitlyn, uh, and I'll invoice you for a thousand bucks just for this bit of consultancy. We're just starting the, <laughs> right. the campaign now. We do need a job. Um, it, we absolutely need a job. Um, so I, th- th- um, you need to. Th- you've done the right thing. Merchandise before policies, but the <laughs> merchandise needs to be improved. I'm definitely, I want some fridge magnets. You can keep the the mugs and the yard signs, but get some fridge magnets and you need to make the the statements a little bit more provocative. What was your line? Caitlyn Jenner, cut it out. Right. And whoever came up with Caitlyn Jenner, make the switch. (laughs) Right. You only need to really two campaign uh, things in terms of merchandise. Get a bunch of that on a bunch of different merchandise and please... Get rid of the picture of you driving a car. Yeah, maybe hire a driver now until election day. <laughs> That's a great idea. You're rich. You can afford it. Right? Oh, and maybe also go for, because this will wind up the conservatives who can't cope with the transgender thing. I'm already a winner, right? That's a good one as well. <laughs> or go back to your Olympic days. Just run everywhere. <laughs> that, that, who did that? Someone, I feel, maybe it was a British politician. Forrest Gump. Was he a politician? Oh, he pretty much was. He taught me everything about the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I um, Maybe I'm imagining this, but that is a great idea. Have her run everywhere. Yeah. But you know what? She'll have to get rid of the uh, the high heels and go in flat shoes, and then the liberals will be going, see, she's disowning transgender already. <laughs> but I do think that's a great idea. Yeah, Caitlin can, uh, can run everywhere, and um, we can get this show on the road all right let's do a song of the week update and then oh there's so much other stuff we've got to get to luckily we have a second part coming up <sighs> we sound so professional Look during today's us. episode give us a job already. i know come on westwood one and by the way i've already uh, constructed the spin-off podcast with uh, caitlin cut it out <laughs> cut it out with right. caitlin when she doesn't win she could become a podcast host <laughs> on our network <laughs> We have so many good ideas. (laughs) And we're going to be like brimming with merchandise. You know, like on the previous episode of the podcast, I told you about uh, my buddy who went to Gene Simmons' house and there was just this massive room that was full of kids merchandise. We're going to have that, but for the Caitlin campaign. All that Did You America t-shirts, everything. The Caitlin campaign room. Even after she hasn't won years down the line, we'll open it as a museum and people will be like, but she's not campaigning anymore. I'm like, no, but this is from when she did. It's the Caitlin campaign room. <laughs> the Caitlin campaign room sounds like a haunted house. <laughs> All right, last week's uh, Song of the Week results. Jeremy went with Twin Shadow, 6% of the vote. Woo! New York producer went with Churches, 31% of the vote. 
Royal Blood win with 63% of the vote with their new song, Boilermaker. Uh, we have new song of the week suggestions for you. You can get them on our website or via my Twitter. I'll give you those details. And also what the three new songs are in part two of Did You America, which is next. Okay, let's do part two of Did You America. He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. Uh, let's reset song of the week. You can vote on the website, didyouamerica.com. I'll get a poll on my Twitter where I am at Ian Camfield. These are the three new choices. New York producer likes Smile by Wolf Alice. I'm going with Black Gold, the new song by Flying Lotus and Thundercat. And I'm going to go for I Need Some of That by Weezer. You know what I like about this uh, new Weezer album is uh, when they were making it during COVID, they told us that it was uh, basically Van Halen influence and then they called it Van Weezer. Right. <laughs> wear your, yeah, wear your heart on your sleeve. They're like, you know what? We wanted them to switch to Van Hagar when they made the switch. So we're going to make the actual switch. We're now Van Weezer. I feel like they might be saying that if you were disappointed with Van Hagar, you'll prefer Van Weezer. Wait until you hear Van Sharone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the third vocalist no one talked about. Um, all right. So I need some of that from Weezer. Uh, Black Gold by Flying Lotus and Thundercat is my choice. Or uh, Smile by Wolf Alice. Uh, vote at didyouamerica.com or go to my Twitter where I have a poll. I'm Ian Canfield on Twitter. Also, if you go to the website, uh, you can check out old episodes of the show. If you are new on board, welcome. You can go back in time and hear all of our old stuff. Uh, and you can also get a Did You America t-shirt. It'll match your new Caitlin merch. <sighs> yeah. 100%. Uh, I was just talking to the Caitlin merch uh, when we took a break between uh, parts one and two. I just randomly pulled up some Don't Mess With Texas socks that I've got and uh, said to Jeremy, look, this is what I'm talking about. Caitlin needs her California version of this. She needs a Don't Mess With California chest tattoo. Well, I do think she needs a Do Mess With California. Like, right. I get you California. We're mess up California. California's in a mess. Let me fix it kind of thing. <laughs> Cut <yeah>. it out. <laughs> That is the honestly. That's the you came. That's gold, man. <laughs> you, you know the amount of consultancy companies that deal with campaigns and brands and stuff like that, and and they churn out bullshit like it's scripted from a Ricky Gervais comedy. And these people charge hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then for absolutely nothing, you just came up with the perfect campaign slogan for us. I'll move to Washington. Also, people like things that go in threes. Cut it out. It's perfect, right? That's the next logical thing after you cut it off. <laughs> I like it. I'm all in. All right. Uh, let's talk about some other stuff. Oh, here's some uh, more showbiz news. So, the, the, you know the um, the Britney Spears documentary that led to the Free Britney campaign right. that was on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the same people are now going to work on a documentary about Janet Jackson's uh, Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction. Can I just say, I don't know, this is might be an unpopular view. But I had uh, high expectations of that Britney documentary, and I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. I, I get that she had uh, overbearing parents or a parent, because the, the blame seemed to be on the dad's side. And she had some mental health issues, and it seems like he took advantage of that 
to then control her career and get way more money from it than 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 he should now but back then she needed help staying on track so i get that they were alerting us to that but i don't know i was expecting something a little bit more i felt like it was telling me a story that i already knew right yeah i actually didn't even watch the britney documentary i got everything i needed to know back when that guy did the leave britney alone video you know that taught me everything i learned i should leave britney alone she's a star (laughs) so um i don't know whether it's a good idea that the same people who did uh, framing britney spears are gonna do uh, this documentary because it seems to me that there was way more story related to the Britney Spears documentary. Um, Whereas there is, can there possibly be as much story or certainly enough of a story to warrant a documentary about Janet Jackson showing a nipple? So did you see there was, I think it was like a daily news story the other day that they, or a daily mail, one of the tabloids was saying that Justin Timberlake actually staged that moment to overshadow Britney Spears, who he had just broken up with that time or something. So like, you know, maybe there's something behind There's one person who's afraid of this documentary, and that's Justin Timberlake. Well, also, Justin Timberlake, because we live in the, the world of cancel culture now, as a result of that Britney Spears documentary, people then decided to, and it wasn't, even, it, this is like the even more ridiculous step of, it's one thing to go into someone's Twitter feed and say, oh, in 2012, you tweeted blah, 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 blah. Didn't he have to apologize for writing a song about breaking up with Britney about 10 years ago. There was a big to do. I forget which song it was, but it was one of his famous hits. And off the back of this documentary, a bunch of pro Britney people basically said, how dare you use Britney as inspiration for a song when you were criticizing her. And I was thinking, this is like how many hit singles have been written about love gone bad. You can't even do that anymore. That moment during the Super Bowl was the exact moment of America became soft. The line in the song was, I'm a have you naked by the end of this song. What was going to happen if she wasn't naked? It was the end of the song. Right. It was just. There was no other option. He was going to have her naked by the end of the song. It was performance arts, right? Yeah. I. I so, yeah, maybe uh, Justin Timberlake is uh, nervous about this. I don't know. That I did read that story that. Um, I, I, the, the 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 conspiracy theory is he felt he needed to upstage Britney because she kissed Madonna at an award show, right? right that that right. was the thing. So he thought, okay, well, you got all the press for kissing Madonna at an award show. I'm going to get Janet Jack- Jackson's nipple out. I you know I just really hope that they don't take you know it seems like because it's the same people that made the Britney documentary. And now uh, you know, in recent years there has been a lot of. Uh, looking back at what it did to Jan- Jackson's career compared to Justin Timberlake's, and I hope they don't frame it in the negative way. I hope they frame this documentary in a positive way. You know, at 12 years old, when I saw Janet's titty flop out, I got my first boner, and so did many other boys, okay? That documentary shouldn't be called Framing Janet Jackson's Titty. It should be called The, the Boners of 15,000 Young Men. <laughs> right, well, there's a unique take on it, yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, probably not that unique, because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast right now um, had a similar experience. And also, brace yourself, I'm about to say something controversial. Oh, no. You might want to grip onto something firm, I like you like you button. were when when <laughs> I got this, like holding firm to the table. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was making a joke about when you got your first boner. Oh, anyway, I, I held that too. Please try. That's what my joke was. <laughs> Will you try? It, oh, sorry. I just did it two seconds ago. Try and keep up, please. Pay attention at all times. It's the weed. 
Um, I, um, the, the idea that uh, that adversely affected Janet Jackson's career and uh, Justin Timberlake became one of the most famous people around for several years and was having some of the biggest hits. Controversial opinion. Could it just be because at that point in time, Justin Timberlake was making better songs than <laughs> Janet Jackson, right? When you've got entertainment, movies, books, uh, music, whatever it happens to be, there is good and bad. And sometimes maybe bad or in some cases inferior doesn't do as well as good because inferior isn't as good as good. I will follow up that unpopular opinion with another one. If it wasn't for that titty, we would have forgotten Janet Jackson a long time ago. She just would have been Michael Jackson's younger sister. Well, hang on. I, I would like to throw in some support for Janet Jackson here. Uh, that I've been. This might surprise you because, you know, you wouldn't think that me being a big rock and metal fan, I'm, I'm big into Janet Jackson. But I went to a Janet Jackson show once with one of my friends because he got some free tickets and... Um, we went to this uh, venue in Los Angeles called The Forum, which has got this amazing um, VIP area. So when I say I went to a Janet Jackson gig, I went because my buddy told me that the VIP area was off the scale with free drinks and we'd have full access. So I kind of went for the room next door to the, the, the show. Right. I mean, they do a, every, where, the Forum in LA, that not only if you get like the, I think it's called the Forum Club, not only uh, do you get free drinks and all this great stuff in a, in a massive VIP area, they make a giant size cake of the artist that performs every time they have a gig. So, and, and they, awesome. it's, it's so, like, I mean, giant cake. And the best thing is, because it, I think people that you can become a member of this club and it's some ridiculous annual fee. So it's really, you know, it's a good black, great black for my friend Stephen and I to, to get in for nothing. But because people that, pay this ridiculous fee, go to this room. There's no kind of restrictions like there are for a lot of VIP areas at shows whereby the artist might pay for some drinks if you're a VIP, but as soon as the show's on, the VIP room has to close down. People who are on the forum club don't give a shit. So about 20 minutes into the Janet Jackson show, that's when the giant cake's wheeling out. I mean, I, I was drinking back then. I'm like 15 Jack and Cokes in. I see a bit of Janet Jackson. I'm like, oh, 20 minutes into the show, better go back to the forum room getting fucking huge cake down my, <laughs> you know. I mean, it was like the British people, Cockneys, they call your, your, your mouth your cake hole. It was never so appropriate right. as it was when I when I was when I was backstage in the hospitality room putting huge slices of Janet Jackson in my cake hole. So you're using this story to defend Janet Jackson as a musician, but really, I think this is you defending California. No, hang on a minute. No, great forum in LA. Well, no. First, well, if anyone from the forum's listening and you want to give they me are. just lifetime membership for that, you know, for your you cake, for your bakery, let's call it. <laughs> A bakery that serves right. alcohol because that's what the VIP I'll room take is like. The Janet cake, <clears throat> extra titty, please. No, no, no. But uh, but the, but I will say this about Janet Jackson. So yes, the uh, I, I'm I'm selling big on everything that happened that wasn't the show. Yeah. <laughs> Every, I'm I'm everything but Janet Jackson was awesome. I'm selling you everything that happened next door to the show. Um, <laughs> she only brought down the experience a little bit. <laughs> no. So but the point was, my buddy Stephen goes, no, we should go because the VIP area, blah 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 blah. And he goes, and by the way, like I've seen Janet Jackson before. Yeah. 
she gets through the hits really fast because I, my, I said to Stephen, I, I, I'm up for like the experience, but I don't know that I know that many Janet Jackson songs. And he pulls up the set list that she's playing from set list FM. And my immediate reaction to it was, oh, fuck me, Stephen. It's 35 songs. I don't, care, I don't care how much Cake and Jack Daniels there is in this. I don't know if I could do 35 songs of Janet Jackson. She nasty like 28 times. Well, no, I don't know what she was playing. I mean, to be fair, no, there were some songs that I, I did when I saw it in the set list. Probably out of the thirty-five songs, I knew a good ten or twelve. I mean, I was, I was okay. She's, you know, um, she. There's, there's some good songs in the mix, but still, I was all a bit hesitant about thirty-five songs. Janet Jackson and Stephen goes, no, no, no. When you go to one of her shows, it's like a remix. Her show don't last more than an hour and fifteen minutes. She, she basically does verse, chorus, next song, <laughs> verse, chorus, next. And I'm like, oh, so it's like a, a remix of J- Janet Jackson's greatest hits, but remixed into like one. She does song. a live DJ set without a DJ. That's literally what it is. So we go. Yeah, I have my 15 Jack and Cokes before the show. Classic. I've got to line my stomach for the cake. Yeah. Most people do it the other way around. Not no, me no. in my drinking days, right? <laughs> I was, uh, and we go out and we have really good seats and she comes on and I, I tell, I say, that, I mean, the show was great. She sounded really good. The band was good. She looked great. I, I Even if I didn't know any of the songs, I would have enjoyed the show for what the show was. But sure enough, she's like knocking out some songs, some of which I recognized a lot of, at the start i didn't and uh, my buddy steven taps me on the shoulder and he goes uh 15 minutes in we're at song 13 i mean literally <laughs> that was like how far she was getting through the set all right i'll give you that sounds like a great show but how much better would that show have been is if five minutes after that song special guest justin timberlake comes out and then she gets naked at the end of the song timberlake and titties <laughs> that, that would have been the tour if the fcc didn't have to come down on everyone for it well that is a, an issue that i do have and again the show is called did you america because i love america and there's very few things where i think oh america kind of gets this wrong and the uk might have it right but i have uh, you know having been a, a broadcaster uh subjected to fcc rules in america i have always been perplexed at what is and isn't acceptable according to the fcc so that example i understand that it's a family event the super bowl and people were concerned about little kids seeing some nipple but the outrage that followed that and for how long that outrage went on for and the fact that we're still talking about it now in this in framing it in a way that it was outrageous rather than kind of a comedy mistake right right that perplexes me because there's so much stuff with the fcc rules about what you can and you can't do that i find really shocking because here's the thing right if i'm on the radio in the in the, the states and i'm subjected to fcc rules I could, on morning radio, for about 30 minutes, talk about various sexual acts in the most explicit way so that anyone of a certain age listening would know exactly what I was describing as long as I didn't use certain words or terms. And I've always been surprised at that in so much as those rules in America allow you to really get explicit, making it obvious what you're talking about, as long as you don't say 
certain key phrases or words. And to me, that makes no sense because the other end of that is if I'm doing that same show and an hour later I have a guest on and that guest says shit by mistake, even if I apologize immediately for the offensive language, all hell could break loose according to the FCC terms because one shit popped out, but we apologize for it. But an hour earlier, as long as I didn't use certain words and phrases, I could have done 30 minutes on explicit sex acts and everything would have been fine. Right. That's like, uh, who is, who is the, uh, George Carlin? He had the famous comedy bit. It was like seven words you can't say on TV or radio. At that time, I'm pretty sure the FCC didn't have rules for what you could and couldn't say on the radio. They heard that comedy bit and adopted those words as the, the words you can't say. But those words are the key things. As I said, if I got really explicit about stuff but found a way to describe sexual acts at length without using those words, I'd probably be okay. But if the next segment on that fictional radio show had a local comedian come in who mistakenly let a shit out and we apologize, that would be considered more complaint-worthy. I, I find it funny. We talk about cancel culture quite a bit on this podcast. And, you know, growing up, I know in America, I'm pretty sure in England, I'm pretty sure all around the world, every single kid, one of the first lessons you learn is sticks and stones can break your bones, but words cannot hurt you. And time and time again, we just act like words are the most dangerous thing. You know what's dangerous? Bullets and swords and sharp objects and things that can actually kill you right words the renaissance fair is that what you're describing yes. the renaissance Have fair you ever ran into a sword <laughs> jousting that looks like it hurts yeah i do agree with you uh, one other thing um because it's sort of connected on the uh subject of uh the jacksons i don't know what it is about the pbs channel here in the dfw where we live because i don't think this is typical of other pbs networks that i've seen in different parts of the states but our local PBS channel seems to have a thing for British shows. I've, there are more British shows on the local PBS channel here than there are on BBC America. And they're very bizarre British shows. If ever I'm going through the guide, they tend to really like 1970s British sitcoms that I remember my nan and granddad used to talk about. Like, I'm like, oh. Like, so shows that are too old even for you? I mean, that's saying something. Yeah. I mean, like... You I, would think that PBS would be your favorite channel based on this description. They do old, old, old 1970s British sitcoms. And then... Like, they're barely getting into color. Yeah, yeah. And then they throw in just random crappy tv shows that even i didn't know were on networks in the uk like um really low budget um reality shows and i happened to uh, stumble on one the other day that was based in a holiday park in england now i then do you have in, in england holiday park I don't, here you've got trailer parks right where right. people live in trailers in the uk a holiday park is where people go for vacation for a week, but you rent a trailer okay. to stay in. Right. But it's 
in a massive park that will have lots of other activities to do. So it might be by a beach, or if it's not, there's probably a lake. So, so it's more of just like a vacation thing as a place like where you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. a vacation, and that's okay. what you do. You rent them for like a week at a time, and uh, or two weeks, whatever. And 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 it's a very family orientated thing. So you'd stay in a trailer that's actually probably quite nice. But the holiday park has loads of other activities, like you know, there'll be I don't know, you'll be able to do canoeing, or there'll be a beach thing, or there might might be like uh, bumper cars. Or I, I don't know, but it's like an all-in-one, its own little mini town. You get right. the picture, yeah, right? Absolutely. So most of these holiday parks will have an entertainment thing in the evening. Like they'll have a, a you know, a, a very, very, I'm, I was going to call it an arena. It's, 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 not, it's like a, a very, very small arena, like a room with a stage and some entertainers right. and stuff like that. Basically some benches around a plank of wood. You don't know how correctly you have just described it. I mean, it looks like there was a scene in it, in this uh, uh, reality show where they they thought they were doing the, the one of their key uh, bits of entertainment for the summer season for people having vacations. And I was looking at it thinking, when the camera pans around to the audience, it looks like one of my favorite diners when they actually do outdoor dining, you know, during that, COVID. That's what I like about, like, sometimes you'll see an old-school British show that seems like it would be, like, public access television. Right. Here. What you just described sounds like the theater pre pre presentation at the summer camp I went to every year as a kid. Right. Well, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's far off, but this is my point. Are you dying? I am, literally. <laughs> is this, the, this, is, this is what you do? I'm with trying so hard not to cough on Mike. I'm like, just, it's going to happen. This is what happens when you start exercising. T tell that to your <laughs> I'm trainer. I'm going back to eating and smoking. <laughs> yeah, have you ever noticed when you give up smoking, you start coughing? Yeah, nonstop. <laughs> so this is my point. So you've got, I've, I've painted the picture of what these holiday parks are like, right? And it's a big, 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 big family event. The focus here is family because the focus of this particular episode that I'm watching on PBS and they were talking about COVID. So it's very recently, I would say within the last year okay. it, it was filmed. The focus, Let's hope so. Right. The, <laughs> the focus of, of this week's episode is that their star entertainer for the summer season is a Michael Jackson impersonator. And, <laughs> Wait. And, and, and I, and I, was he not cancelled there yet? With this, right. And that was, that was my thought. And, and so... And, and, Please tell me he started with Pretty Young Thing. <laughs> and I was thinking... Just, I was thinking... That news did reach England, right? <laughs> no. I mean... <laughs> it's the one place that gets no cancel culture. And... And so it was the, the most of this episode was about how thrilled they were to have a Michael Jackson impersonator. And, it, and, and here's the thing, right? It caught my attention because when they said, oh, we, you know, the great Michael Jackson impersonator showing up today, the guy shows up. And out of costume, he looks nothing like Michael Jackson, right? right. And, then, and then they showed you his process of getting ready. And this guy has put serious money into his stage art because he's putting on the prosthetic nose and everything and if i showed oh, so you he went with later years michael yeah jackson. yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah yeah, Which yeah in itself was michael Definite. jackson in a costume yes yeah 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 but i mean but this guy almost had as much prosthetic to put on as michael jackson had plastic and put about his, his entire body, body. Yeah. yeah he definitely was going for michael jackson the pedo years it was definitely <laughs> that 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 look it wasn't like michael jackson singing ben what a great Do you know that for song later your compilation album michael jackson the, the pedo, pedo years. years so 
I'm watching this guy, right? And I'm thinking, you've you've spent. I mean, credit to. And then they showed some clips of him, like he convincingly looked like Michael Jackson, and he had a bit of a beer gut that made it like there was a bit of a stomach that was was protruding. There's supposed to yeah yeah yeah, but 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 remember yeah, but it's it's a very small stage. I mean, Ah. he was he was he was kind of he was affecting Michael Jackson, but in a very small area with limited space to to moonwalk. The moonwalk doesn't really work with two steps. Right, right. But but he's doing so he's putting on all this uh, like these prosthetics and this and I'm. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, "All right, you, this is your job, and you have you have put a serious amount of investment in this whole costume, but you are just one HBO documentary away from not being able to do this again, <laughs> right?" And because and, 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 I'm watching it, thinking because this is a recent documentary. We are not far out of Michael Jackson being cancelled because of that that HBO documentary. Somehow we've got back into the cycle of he's acceptable again, at least in this holiday park in in England, and I'm surprised we're there. Because to me, it only seems like five minutes ago, I was talking with a programme director friend of mine who was literally removing Michael Jackson hits from his classic hits radio station because as a result of that, that documentary... He and I, he wasn't alone. This was the thing that a lot of stations did in America quite recently. Right. Program directors were concerned that the public didn't want to hear these Michael Jackson songs in the mix on their classic hit stations, and yet this guy is. And I and I and I and I again, I'm thinking, this is such a. I mean, I, I, radio is a very unpredictable career. People get fired all the time. People that work in radio have long periods of unemployment. But it can't be as bad as being a Michael Jackson impersonator. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of like the pinnacle for some people. You know, like that when you know everyone wants a little bit of fame. I think for most people, that's kind of the the top bar they can hit. It's like maybe one day I'll be able to be, impersonate Michael Jackson after he's been canceled. The only thing I can think is because I was looking at the the level of prosthetics and makeup. And because this guy, if you saw him out of costume, looked nothing like Michael Jackson, so he more like a fat Walter Becker. No, there's no. I mean, when I not far that not that far (laughs) removed. Like I don't know. Like if we, you're telling me I'll never be a Michael Jackson impersonator, aren't you? If we put you on stage and tried to make you into Michael Jackson, (laughs) people would even if you did that. I think people would watch and go, "Is he going for meatloaf?" But I, I, so I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know, it's an amazing transformation. He's got all the, maybe the, here's the backup plan. Cause you could probably use a lot of the same costume when Michael Jackson becomes, oh my God, he's a pedo. We have to cancel him for five minutes again. Do these Michael Jackson impersonators just pivot to share? Is that... <laughs> They just put on the dress instead of the the red spandex. Well, think about it. Like, if you've invested that much in the prosthetics and the makeup and all that kind of stuff, it might be easy to to to, to get out of of MJ and just go into share. Like, yeah, that's if, a good if, move. if if you're doing the, you know, if who don't stop till you get enough suddenly becomes, oh my god, that's a song about kids and people don't want to hear it anymore. The guy goes, don't worry, just give me ten minutes for a costume change, and then suddenly he's out of the dressing room going, if I could turn back time. <laughs> No, I like that. Either that, or you throw on some loose pants, or you do the hammer dance. Those are really your only options. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Um, oh, we had so much other stuff to get to. 
Should we save the other stuff for next time? Ooh, I feel yeah. like we've given them a lot to digest. Yeah, and let's I let them handle this episode. And I, and I don't want... Um, there's a lot to unpack. And I don't want to get too far removed from all of our campaign consultancy for Caitlin because she's got a lot on her mind at the moment. And if we do too much other stuff, she might forget all the good stuff at the, at the top and then we're never going to be hired as her campaign managers. Genius. I like that idea. All right. Yeah, Caitlin, by the way, I don't know if this fits the role, but, um, you know, if you want to do Fat Walter Becker attempting Michael Jackson but looking more like Meatloaf, I, I'm just thinking aloud. <laughs> we could... <laughs> that... But singing "I Do Anything for Love" <laughs> we might have. A, I mean, I mean, again, it, 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 that idea needs some work, or it might need to be shut down completely. It's just something that I'm considering. All right, if you want to vote for Song of the Week, you can do on my Twitter. There is a poll there. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. You can also vote for Song of the Week on our website, which is DidYouAmerica.com. Uh, that's where you can check out old episodes of this podcast if you wish. Uh, we've also got some excellent and very comfortable Did You America t-shirts for sale there. How lovely are they, Jeremy? Oh, so good on your nipples. Even used one as a snot rag this week. And um, we might, you know, if uh, if this plan comes off, become the exclusive retailer for Caitlin merchandise. Imagine that. <laughs> that's going to be our next business move oh, for sure. I Get just, ready, Caitlin. I just love it. Those fridge magnets with uh, Caitlin, what was the phrase cut it out oh so nice make men women again <laughs> did you for all that stuff thanks for listening to this one